0: You're listening to the Refined Hippie Podcast, a podcast all about holistic lifestyle, nutrition, and plant-based eating for a mind-body-spirit approach to living healthfully and happily for ourselves and the planet. Welcome, my lovely friends. I am your host, Rebecca Henson. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am so happy you're here, and I hope you have been having a great week in the the last couple weeks. It's been kind of chilly. The weather has been up and down, but I have good news. Daylight saving time is a week and a half from now. And in my mind, it's all downhill from here, right? Although I will say pretty much every year around this time and around daylight saving time, I get super excited thinking that, oh my gosh, it's spring, it's going to be warm. And then it's actually pretty cold for like... A whole month after. But it still means that we're getting close and hopefully the worst part of winter is over. We're over the hurdle and it's just going to be getting better from here on out. And summer is my favorite time. Spring and summer, I guess. I'm a summer baby born in August. No wonder I love the heat and the sun. I am also a Leo, so there's that. Um, But yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to be out there in the sun, and the surf, on a uh, stand-up paddleboard surf, um, and it's going to be a great time. So today's episode has came about uh, kind of randomly and actually kind of last minute because I, I didn't really know what I wanted to talk about today. I knew that I wanted to talk about gluten and glyphosate at some point, but the other night I was actually laying in bed Terrible time to be thinking of things that you're supposed to be doing or want to do, um, but I started thinking about the gluten and the glyphosate and then gut health, and I was like, well, duh, they should just all go together because they do go together. These these three issues, um, three things, are highly influenced by each other. Gluten is influenced by the glyphosate that's sprayed on it, and then our gut health is affected by the glyphosate that's in the gluten. <laughs> so it's all comes full circle. And we're going to get right into it because this is a hot topic. Gluten is a big thing. Obviously, people are trying to go gluten-free left and right, but, but do they even know why they're going gluten-free? Um, so I'm going to break it all down today. So a lot of times when people go gluten-free think that, um, you know, it's going to fix all their problems. And a lot of times they'll just eat a lot of gluten-free junk food and you should always look at the ingredients of anything. So if it's processed and it's a gluten-free product, um, you want to look at that. But the thing is with gluten that people don't really think about unless you have celiac, which is a total separate thing. But if you're thinking that maybe you have a gluten sensitivity or allergy, obviously they're tested you can have done for that. But what I have learned and what I have found is that it is not necessarily the gluten that is causing all of us problems, but it's the glyphosate. I have had quite a few tests done over the years and none of them have ever said that I have sensitivity or an allergy to wheat. Now, these were different blood tests. One was the IgE Uh, test. So this is not IgG. Um, I've never had that one done. But of the tests I have had done, none of them have said I had an allergy or a sensitivity. But regardless of that, I have been gluten-free for seven or eight years now. I think because when I first got sick, diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, um, well, first off, I asked the doctor if she thought that there was any particular diet that could affect it. Um, because when you have a digestive disorder, usually that's probably the first thing you think of since it's your digestive tract. At least it was for me. I immediately was like, Oh, well, maybe there's something I should or shouldn't be eating. You know, she told me, no, there's nothing. This was quite a while ago. So maybe they would say something different now. Um, and then I asked, what about going gluten-free? And I think that that was kind of it was kind of like a hot new word gluten-free you know people were going gluten-free so I asked that and she said uh you know you could try it but it's probably not going to do anything right so I went gluten-free although at the beginning I was not very diligent about it I would have a bite here and there and da, 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 da. but eventually I, I was pretty good I was really good and I will say that I felt lighter after you know some time went by I felt like my blood was lighter and that's that was a, a kind of a weird, um, you know, outcome, but it was obvious, and I've also heard this from other people as well. But again, at this time, I was thinking it was the gluten protein. I had no idea that it could be something else, possibly. So fast track to now, and what I've learned from different doctors, particularly. Probably the most profound is Dr. Zach Bush, who I've talked about on the podcast before because I love him and he's amazing because of his research with the gut microbiome and glyphosate. So of course there's people out there who be like, oh, there's no, there's no connection with this. I'm like, that's just, that's just silly. No, there's actual research <laughs> that people need to realize that it's happening. But again, sometimes these things take a while to go mainstream. So the issue with gluten, it seems to be, is the glyphosate for most people. It's not necessarily the wheat. However, that is a whole other story because wheat has, the wheat that we have today it looks completely different than that of a thousand years ago of what they were eating. So that has changed. But what's changed even more, really arguably would be all of the chemicals and pesticides that are put on our wheat and all of our food for that matter, but particularly the wheat, and that is the glyphosate. This is the active ingredient in Roundup, the most heavily used pesticide, a herbicide in the United States. A chemical that has been heavily used since the nineteen nineties. It was first patented in nineteen sixty one. Uh, It was actually used as a cleaning agent for pipes and boilers at that time. And then it was then introduced later as a herbicide by Monsanto in 1974 for weed control. But again, it wouldn't become super mainstream until the 1990s. It also went mainstream into actual households. So it would seem that just Joe Blow, Bob Down the Street, whoever is actually using more Roundup per square foot or acre of land than an actual farmer does. But that's because the farmer has to be more um, conscious about how much they're spraying and using because they have a bottom line and they have to, you know, they're buying a lot of it in general. So, so there's that. What I have learned more so recently is that this is not, it is not all farmers that do this. Okay. That is true. It's not 100% of wheat farmers that use Roundup as a desiccant. So the idea of using glyphosate, aka Roundup, is that it allows farmers to harvest the wheat quicker. So it acts as a killing agent, so then they can harvest it. Because otherwise you have to cut the wheat, and then you have to wait for it to dry. And this helps it dry out faster, because you want to get rid of that moisture. It seems that more farms big giant farms out in the Midwest are doing this. Not necessarily as much over here in the Southeast. I'm in South Carolina, so it doesn't seem to be as common over here. That is not to say there aren't some farms that are doing it. But the problem with this is that glyphosate is detrimental to our health. Is detrimental to our gut health, our microbiome, the bacteria, the bacteria in the soil that keeps it healthy. It's just all around bad. It's scary. It's really scary. And of course, Monsanto, which if you've heard of that word, it can bring up a lot of emotions for some, particularly me. (laughs) Uh, It upsets me um, from the research I've done and that I just really feel like this is not a good a uh, company that is invested in the interest of the planet and its people and animals and plants they don't care they just care about the bottom line and money and they really are kind of ta- they've taken over and have way too much control of our food system monsanto is in control of over 87 percent of the corn market it's estimated that they're in control of over 95% of the soy market in the United States. So that's kind of scary that one corporation can have that much control on our, on our food supply. What's also scary is what they're doing to our food. Not just from GMO standpoint. A GMO is a genetically modified organism. And there's a lot of, uh, you know... There's a lot on both sides for GMO products, whether they're good or they're bad. Um, what makes me leery of them is the idea that you can create in a lab a seed or plant that is resistant to certain bugs or actually kills certain certain bugs. So what is that doing to our body? You know? If certain organisms die from eating this particular plant, literally burst, what is that doing to us on a cellular level? Because we're made up of cells. That's all we are. So even though that's a tiny little bug, well, we have tiny little cells. So that seems a little disturbing to me. But back to the glyphosate, because now I am digressing to GMOs. Another There's a there's a G in there. So I guess I should, I should have put that in there. GMOs, gluten, glyphosate, GMOs, and gut health. Okay. (laughs) Um, okay. So back to glyphosate and Monsanto. Um, glyphosate is one of these things that, again, in theory before it seemed like a really great idea. You can spray this stuff on your crops And it will either not affect your crops and just kill the weeds. So it'll only kill a certain amount of things because, uh, you have these GMO crops that are created that are not affected by it in the same way. That's what they call roundup ready seeds or roundup ready crops. So they have been genetically modified to be resistant to the glyphosate in this case, um, And just be affected. Uh, The weeds are the only things that are affected. But at the same time, you can't think that you're spraying this chemical on these plants and they're not still absorbing it. Yes, maybe it doesn't kill them, but it still is being absorbed into them. And therefore, then you're going to eat some food that has that chemical on it. What is it doing to our bodies? So... What glyphosate does, in a nutshell, is it breaks down the gut lining barrier of our intestines. This barrier is half the size of a strand of hair. So look down at one of your hairs, if you have long hair, (laughs) like mine, um, and imagine that cut in half. I mean, heck, you can barely even see it, almost. So that is how thin the gut lining barrier is. The glyphosate breaks down this barrier... Making our intestines permeable, meaning there are little holes in our intestines, very small, microscopic, you know, um, and this is when food particles get into our bloodstream, and can cause allergic reaction, inflammation, autoimmune disease, because you have to imagine these food particles are getting into our bloodstream, and then our white blood cells are going to attack because it's for it's not supposed to be there, you know, it's like ah. What is this? Um, So that's kind of in a nutshell what happens. Um, That doesn't sound good. No, no. So for me, uh, when I had some avocado toast, (laughs) um, what was that, like maybe six months ago. Okay, so I hadn't had gluten in weeks, not weeks, years. I hadn't had gluten in years. Other than like maybe there was a tiny little bit on, um, I, I take that back. I'd had some organic bread, Never had a problem with that. Um, I've had rye, organic rye that has gluten in it. Didn't have, a, don't have a problem with that at all. But I went to this place. They had this amazing avocado toast. The bread was from a local bakery. I, I didn't even, I, I knew it probably wasn't organic, but I was just like, oh, I'm just going to have half a slice. So Derek and I shared half a slice. I had inflammation in my knee, random inflammation and pain in my left knee that I've never had before. So it's not just like a random like joint pain that you kind of sometimes could have, right? This was a, a different unique pain that I've never had or experienced and I had it for two days. And this was not in my head because I ate that and really didn't even think anything of it. I was like, it's just half a piece, like whatever, because you could certainly like create the pain, right? In your mind. I did not do that. And so it was two days and I had inflammation and then I told my chiropractor about it and she had a similar story of what happened to her And she had some type of ailment for for several days after she had had some gluten, um, glyphosate filled gluten. (laughs) Um, but again, I have had organic wheat and have had no problems with it. So when people, when I say that I'm gluten-free, I technically really mean that I'm glyphosate free. I don't really mean (laughs) gluten in that sense. Um, Again, I don't probably want to eat that much wheat anyways, even if it is organic. I just, I mean, there's just more that I feel uncomfortable about it, I guess, than ever. And also, you know, this great documentary called What's With Wheat, which is on Netflix. Um, And that kind of goes into more of, I mean, it talks about the glyphosate, but it also talks about the cultivation and, you know, the uh, way we've changed wheat over the past uh, millennia. So... That's a really good documentary. Check that out. Um, But yeah, I'm just not, I'm not going to do it. So it's definitely affects your gut. And like I said, it's going to break down that gut lining barrier. And I don't think that, I mean, until we can get the glyphosate out, you know, I I think that most people should try to stay away. Now, you should certainly not just try to fill up on gluten-free you know, processed food. And I think people can do that. Um, I just try to eat whole food plants and, and that's just what I'm going to do. Right. So the glyphosate is, is a scary thing. It's scary because it's water soluble, meaning it is basically in every crack and crevice on this planet. It's, it's even in the air because what happens is, you know, it rains or it's right. It gets, it, it gets, um, transported from the fields um, into our water supply. Then it gets evaporated into the air. So it's in the air. <laughs> then it gets in the clouds. And then it literally rains down on us. So we are all breathing in glyphosate, whether we realize it or not. And I think, you know, this is, um, is a human... You know, planet planetary crisis. I mean, also, and I know that sounds probably dramatic to some, but um, certainly when you start learning more about it and what it does to our bodies, then I think that I think most people will will be more afraid of it. Um, back to the gut health aspect, I kind of jumped over. Um, I'm jumping around, but one of the other things that has been shown in studies is that the herbicides like glyphosate cause behavioral behavioral problems along with neurological problems. It's also been shown to affect the kidneys and the liver in a negative way. Um, and then, and another reason that it is potentially uh, disruptive to the gut microbiome is that it inhibits and enzyme pathway in the plant called the shikimate pathway. So what the heck is the shikimate pathway? That is like the craziest word, right? So it's spelled S-H-I-K-I-M-A-T-E pathway, if you want to Google it. Um, it is a metabolic pathway that is involved in the synthesis of important amino acids. So these enzymes are responsible for making the most important compounds found in food, and they are wiped out uh, being wiped out from the glyphosate, four to six of the essential amino acids uh, found for the body um, are going to be affected by this. So this is another reason why it is bad for the gut microbiome and uh, just killing, you know, the bacteria, the good bacteria also that is in in our bodies. Um, you have to imagine that, you know, if you have this toxin, that is meant to kill any types of life, whether it's small, you know, microscopic, a bug, an insect, um, a plant, and then you're ingesting it. I mean, logically just think about what is that doing to your body, you know, and at a cellular level, um, I mean, we're all made up of cells, so it can't be, it can't be good. Um, so this is just kind of the tip of the iceberg. I think when it comes to gluten glyphosate and gut health, I encourage you to do your own research on it. Um, like I said, Zach Bush is pretty much my go-to guru on glyphosate and gut health. Um, he has spent his career decades you know researching this. and you know you can Google his name, you can watch or listen to some of his podcast episodes. I mean, he's done tons of them with all kinds of different other doctors. Um, and certainly he's been on Rich Roll, which I've talked about and love. Um, also, uh, watch the documentary What's What's With Wheat. That was a really good documentary. Um, but again, I mean, just, just Google gluten and glyphosate and see what comes up. Um, you know, the... WHO, the World Health Organization, has classified glyphosate as a carcinogen, along with processed meat. Just thought I needed to add that in there. So bacon, uh, salami, deli meat, all of those things, those are also in the same category as glyphosate and possibly causing cancer. Um, And many lawsuits have been won right now with uh, Monsanto and glyphosate and Roundup, with people who spent their careers, you know, spraying it and now have all kinds of different lymphoma. And, you know, they did the, the, the people one, uh, you know, stating that it did cause their cancer. I mean, so, and even if you're not, your job doesn't require you to spray it all day, every day, that doesn't mean it's not affecting you slowly. um, Also, the Environmental Working Group uh, tested cereals and found that 17 out of 21 oat-based cereals contained an unsafe level of glyphosate for children. So Cheerios was included in that list. Sorry, Cheerios lovers. Um, I used to love Cheerios. Heck, that was like my favorite thing. I would put strawberries on top. And I think what's really scary about that for me is that, you know, these parents start giving their kids Cheerios Right away, like right when they can start eating. I mean, it's an easy thing that you can put in a little bag to go and always have on you. And, you know, if we're already giving our kids that at such a small age, you know, we're already setting up their microbiome and setting their their future up for disaster, right? I mean, when I was a kid, glyphosate was not as um, prolific, you know? It wasn't everywhere. Um, in the '80s, I'm an '80s kid, so and like I said, it really didn't start get going until the mid '90s. Um, so at least I had ten or so years with a foundation of food that was not contaminated with these toxins. But nowadays, everything is, and it's everywhere, and it's in all foods. So rule of thumb: try to get organic when you can. Um, also, look at the Dirty Dozen and the Clean Fifteen. For reference on what fruits and vegetables are sprayed most and least, uh, strawberries, blueberries, any kind of berry is going to be sprayed with a lot of pesticides, So be sure to always get organic. Um, they've been called like a chemical bomb <laughs> if you don't if you don't get organic. So you can it's just like a little saturated ball of toxins um, that's just gonna. Wreck havoc on the body, um, scary, I know, sorry, <laughs> uh, yeah, and then with the wheat, I mean, just try it out, you know, maybe just try to do organic wheat and see what happens, um, but you know, I think with all of these things, change happens because of the demand, I mean, we can see that now with all of the different um, plant-based foods that are coming out, the plant-based cheeses, Because there is a demand for it. They're not just creating it out of nowhere. They see a demand and they're creating it. So I think that, you know, if consumers are demanding a change in their, the way their food is produced, which is the problem, you know, it's, um, well, hopefully over time, uh, they will start to change their ways. And like I said, I know that there are, there are farmers out there trying to do more regenerative agriculture. Uh, This is something that I would like to learn more about in general. I know back to Zach Bush, he has something called farmer's footprint, which there was a documentary. And I think he's out there trying to help farmers uh, get the tools and the resources so that they can do this. um, And, you know, get back to a way that aligns with nature and will, be more beneficial nutritionally and health-wise for our bodies. So in other news, I wanted to talk about something that I am doing right now, which I kind of debated on whether I wanted to talk about it. I don't know why. I guess I am... I don't know. I don't know if embarrassed is a word. Maybe just TMI. So... Last year, I had on Shannon Leparsky from The Glowing Fridge, and we talked all about hormones and we also talked about parasites. So, parasites have been on my mind pretty much ever since I, you know, learned about her and then had her on the show. And just recently, as I have been pretty much struggling to heal my skin because of freaking acne, and yes. Uh, I have acne and it sucks. Major. <laughs> uh background on all of that is basically that it's kind of been a struggle for the last like decade or more. Um and whenever I Google like pictures of I don't know, people with acne, I'll say, Mine does not look mine is not like those. Like it really is minor, like, and this is why no dermatologist, I feel like, never really helped me anyways. And one, because it was a gut issue, which I found out about later, but I feel like when I went to the dermatologist, they kind of looked at me like, really, that's what you came in for? Um, but that, that doesn't mean that it didn't affect me so profoundly. I mean, major social anxiety, and I still have some social anxiety because of it, because I have, you know trauma from it and then also just feeling like everybody's staring at your skin I mean everybody says that when they have if they have acne or they have a pimple I mean literally you could have just one pimple and you think everybody's staring at it why I don't know I think that magazines and social media and I'm fucking freaking guilty of it I'm sure because I I do use filters but hopefully everybody knows it's a filter my face doesn't look like that um, I mean, you know, especially like close-up pictures, okay? Like you look in a magazine, nobody has a pore, okay? I have pores. It sucks. I wish I didn't. <laughs> I don't want to have pores. Go away. Um, but then you start thinking that you look weird and that everybody's staring at you, right? So my skin has been a problem and I decided that I was going to try this parasite cleanse because I was like, okay, maybe that's my deal. Maybe I have freaking parasites. Maybe that's why my skin won't clear up. Because I've tried everything, I focus on my gut health like crazy. Obviously, that is my main my main um, focus is the gut. And so, I just decided to do this parasite cleanse. I've been doing it for a week and a half now. And I think that I might have had a mild case. Uh, if you do a parasite cleanse, um, you know, this is a lot of really bizarre information, but basically these they if you have them first off there's lots of different types of parasites right there's like these roundworms there's these little things called flukes there's they're all shapes and sizes so what you might have could be any of those or a bunch of them they could also be microscopic there's lots of different things and there's lots of ways you can get them which this is kind of scary like a lot of people probably have parasites and don't even know they do which again I'm not trying to freak you out but if you have pets Cats, cat feces, uh, washing, not washing your fruits and vegetables. You can have parasites in your fruits and vegetables. You can get it from the air. You can get it from pretty much anything, uh, which makes it even scarier. But again, like, parasites aren't going to kill you. They could cause acne, uh, inflammation, migraines, joint pain. You could have mild symptoms. You could have barely any symptoms. Um, but they could be in there. And so I'm doing this parasite cleanse. I'm pretty sure I had them. I had some weird things come out that, you know, I feel like if you have to question if it is or not, it probably is. (laughs) That's my rule of thumb, I think. Uh, now my husband's doing it. But so we're doing the protocol that is on, uh, the Glowing Fridge's website. So we're doing Mimosa Pudica, which is an herb. I love the name of it in general. Derek and I now call each other Mimosa Pudica. Um, because it's just fun to say. <laughs> it also sounds like a word from Despicable Me, like the little minions would say "mimosa pudica. Um, so yeah, I love the word "mimosa pudica." <laughs> mimosa pudica is a really, really amazing herb that, when taken, it, it, so basically you're taking the seeds of the mimosa pudica plant, and they become this gelatinous little scrubber that goes through and the parasites will eat this and then they die. So that's what I'm doing. Um, Please shoot me a message if you are more curious about it because I will be more outspoken. Um, I've been kind of like keeping it on the DL, at least on my social media. I don't know. I just felt weird about talking about it. And I also don't want to freak people out too much. But then part of me is like, maybe I should be spreading this news or this idea because like I said I think a lot of us could have parasites and we don't even know it from what I've read Um, and it's just something to try if you've tried everything else which is basically what has happened in my case. I feel like I have tried everything and it just doesn't make sense that my skin is still not clearing up even though my gut health is pretty much impeccable and um yeah, so that's the story of what I'm doing. <laughs> and maybe this will inspire you. Um I hope you enjoyed listening about gluten and glyphosate. If you like learning about these kind of things, I would love to dive in more. Um I just want to know kind of, you know, just let me know what y'all want to listen about. I mean, I love talking about gluten and glyphosate. I could talk certainly longer and mo- in more depth. Um so yeah, just shoot me a message, uh, make sure to like, share, and subscribe this, to my podcast and follow me on Instagram at The Refined Hippie. Also check out my website, TheRefinedHippie.com. You can sign up for my newsletter there. I am really working diligently on uh, building that newsletter and trying to provide a lot of value in the Emails that I send out, which will be every couple weeks, I will send out recipes and just some different tips that I'm not going to share on my website. So make sure to do that. And thanks for listening. Obviously, I appreciate your support so much. You can also support this podcast by tip a link. You can send me a little tip. The link is on my website, the Refined Hippie. There's a little coin in the bottom right hand corner. There's also a button on the front page that is kind of like a yellowish gold that says support. So check that out. You can learn more about Tippelink at tippelink.com. This is a great platform that helps content creators uh, monetize the content that they're creating and putting out there on the web. So it's good for anyone who has material that they're putting out there whether it's articles blog podcast music art any of those things it's a really great platform so as always thank you so much for tuning in i appreciate your support so much if you or anyone you know needs uh some holistic health coaching please shoot me an email rebecca at the refined hippie and until next time my lovely friends peace and plants